Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Last month, the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, and the Minister for Mental Health and Older People, Mary Butler, t- announced her, uh, an additional $1.9 million in funding for women's mental health services in 2022 through the Women's Health Fund. The latest allocation of up to $1.9 million from the Women's Health Fund will see a significant expansion of mental health supports and services for women and girls across Ireland. This investment builds on the mental health funding of $1.14 billion in Budget 2022, the largest mental health budget in the history of the state. And maybe there'll be a bit more thrown in for 2023 as well. For many women, there has been an increase in stress and anxiety during the pandemic, which are natural reactions, I suppose, to the changes in our lives. At the, at the same time, women who were experiencing mental health difficulties before the pandemic may now have further challenges to face in terms of anxiety and stress, but also in terms of access to mental health supports. Now, now uh, Nurture Health provides services to women and their partners for all aspects of women's mental health. And of course, your mental health, as I spoke earlier on, is so it's equally as important as your physically health. Uh, they have professional counselling support services to women and partners navigating all aspects of, say, pregnancy, fertility, childbirth, uh, loss, perimenopause, menopause. And Irene Lowry from Nurture Health joins me on the line. Good afternoon to you, Irene. Hi, Niall. How are you? Nice to have you on the air. Well, the first thing I wanted to get to was, according to the latest HSE, HSE <laughs> figures in April this year, 80.5% of one-year-olds received the standard developmental checks, meaning that a third of them didn't. So that to me is quite, or should I say a percentage of them didn't, that to me is quite scary. So if somebody has their first baby, I always remember the district nurse used to come around on a regular basis when you had your baby to make sure everything, you know, do a few measurements, check they were feeding okay and all that. You're telling me that's not happening anymore for many people. Well, seemingly, seemingly it's, it's, it's a silent uh, decision that's been made by the HSE. And um, late July, a, a first-time mother got a letter from the HSC saying you're on your own. Download the information off the internet and take it from there. How, so, is, a, how is a first-time mother supposed to do that? When Look, the stresses of, of having a baby in the first place, the unknown. You know, I mean, somebody just plunks this little human being into your arms and you don't know what to do with it. I I remember I've been there three times uh, with my own children many, many years ago. And and it's a daunting thing for people who haven't been there yet. It is daunting. And it it gives a little bit of support when you see that, you know, the the local health nurse knocks on the door and comes in, takes a few measurements and asks you a few questions and says, "Okay, everything's looking good. Everything's normal. You're reaching those milestones, all those kind of things that the public health nurse would check. That's dreadful if they're not doing that anymore. Well, yeah, I think it's 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 very very bad. And listening to you talking about extra budgets and extra money for women's mental health, I don't know actually where that is going to or what they mean. Because if you look at this particular decision that's been taken, it's completely wrong on any level. Any woman that we speak to on the phone uh, when we answer our phones how is your baby no the public health nurse is in as you say doing the measurements making sure the baby's okay i'm not worried about the baby but it's great to have have the public health nurse here to talk with me 
and to support me because the women need support. Who well, do well, they well, talk I mean, to now? Well, your average woman doesn't know very much when it comes to having the first baby about motor skills and speech and language and emotional no. development and all those kind of things that we need to focus on with a baby to make sure everything is okay. I suppose to pick up on problems before, you know, to early diagnose, you know, behavioural problems or maybe physical problems as well. I mean, so you you need somebody who's qualified to do that. And I believe, now, is it a problem that we just can't get public health nurses? Are they not available anymore? Is there not enough people going into the, the business, so to speak? Well, I think in the article that was written by the, the RTE, and it was on the news briefly, it just said that the first year of the pandemic, the situation was far worse. In 2020, when the public health nurses were redeployed into the vaccination programmes and elsewhere across the health service, as we all know, that's fine. Developmental checks obviously took took a, a, a downturn. And then they, the public health nurses weren't uh, employed. So they haven't replenished um, these uh, jobs. Mm-hmm. for public health nurses and public health nurses also are leaving the HSE. I'm looking here, according to the HSE data, 240 public health nurse posts are vacant nationally. 62% yeah. of those, these posts, these empty posts are in the Dublin area. And, and look, and they're there for many other reasons. So I know you have to sure. support women through mental health and I want to get to that as well, the mental sure. health. And, yeah. you know, with mental health comes things like uh, postnatal depression, menopause. Of course, sadly, if a woman has a miscarriage or a stillbirth, that can yeah. cause huge losses and grief in somebody's mind as well. So how it's supposed to be very difficult coping with women who are going through that. Well, I think, first of all, Niall, to be honest, it's a bit like what you said, you know, many years ago, the district health nurse called in and did an amazing job and settled the, the new mother, uh, you know, for that year to try and support her, support the baby. I mean, by not doing the baby development checks, as we all know, later on, there are going, it's going to cost the government in the long run because you, you will have children with, with uh, developmental difficulties mm. that weren't picked up. Yeah, because so because we're not we're not we're not well we don't understand a lot of that as as you know first time mothers and fathers yeah. we don't we don't know the signs to look out for generally mm. unless we talk to somebody else or read a book somewhere we don't know but they know the instantly because they're trained to to look out for these things exactly you know? so the woman now when when they have their new baby comes home and who does she talk to any woman we talk to the public health nurses do wonderful work. They are overstretched, as everybody else is in the HSC. The GPs do wonderful work. Again, they're overstretched. Yeah. So now we have a situation where it's all cancelled. Now, the last time I was on your show, I think it was about three years ago, three and a half years ago, the crow flies, which is, you know, oh it seems ages. It does. Um, we were talking about postnatal depression. And if you look at a woman with postnatal depression who is struggling already, they're not anxious about their baby. They know that the public health nurse will be in or they can make a call to the public health nurse. That's going to be gone over the coming months. So this idea of more funding, why are they cutting it? I just don't understand it. It makes no sense. We're going backwards. And what, and and, and what sort of funding do we have for things like postnatal depression, which is very serious, by the way, and can take a huge toll, by the way, on women. And, and more Absolutely. recently, we've talked about men as well, but I don't want to get into that today. Um, no. but, but, but postnatal depression can take a huge toll uh, on women. So, I mean, is there funding there to deal with that as well? Not as far as I'm aware. I mean, the, the wait lists are getting longer and longer 
uh, within the HSC. Um, I'm sure if there's a woman highly suicidal, the HSC will do their best to look after that woman. Well, I'd like to think so. But generally, the wait lists are between 9 and 12 months. So it's too long. It's too long for any woman to be in her head struggling. And what I really want to do today, if I can, is reach out to as many women across Ireland that are struggling, who don't even realise they are struggling and why they're struggling. Because mental health for women with postnatal depression is 16,000 women diagnosed every year with 50% under the radar. And that's just that area. Mm-hmm. So they are alone. They're feeling alone. They've intrusive thoughts. And these intrusive thoughts across all the spectrum that we work with are really, really challenging for women. Because they don't know what's going on. They feel like they're going mad. They may be worried about the, over-worried about the baby. They may be worried about themselves, that they might do something to themselves or the baby. Yeah. Not feeling, as you said, not able to cope not able to cope in the workplace and just generally struggling and their life just takes a completely different turn. What percentage of women, by the way, suffer postnatal depression? There's about 15% of women will suffer from postnatal and depression. And is, is it mainly on the first baby? Or no, it, it can or... be. No, it can follow. It, there's no actual um, method, I suppose, on this. I could have baby number one and have postnatal depression baby number two and I could be fine and then on baby number three it's back again. And can you clinically diagnose as you can clinically diagnose say menopause by checking hormone levels etc because I don't fully understand it obviously as a man but is it to do with when you have a baby as a a pregnancy that your hormone levels are all over the place and this this in turn obviously causes the mental health problem too. Is is that part of it? Yes it is. Uh, Hormone levels are a huge part of any women's issues and I know you know Sometimes it, that is this, but hormone levels, there's no accounting for them. They're yeah. not talked about enough. You know, partners sometimes feel, well, what's wrong with the woman? I don't understand. They don't understand hormone levels. Women themselves have to go and learn about this and try to understand. And an awful lot of women struggling with postnatal depression don't realize that their hormone levels have not come back. And that can take a year to 16 months, depending. And sometimes they may not come back to where they were before. And also with postnatal depression, if your mother has suffered with postnatal depression, there's a chance that you may. It's not carved in stone. And also if you've had depression as an adult. Yeah. You would well, be more susceptible to it as well. Yeah, of course, more, yeah. much more susceptible to it. That's it. Yeah, and, and of course, more. something that we, we don't talk about enough and we should talk about more, it's almost mm. like we're afraid to talk about miscarriages, that we're afraid to upset people we do, because it is a very sensitive subject, of course, and many women, uh, mm. on their first baby in particular, can have a miscarriage. They can have many miscarriages. And, yeah. and it, there's always this thing that you don't want to say out to them because you don't want to upset them. But I think it's really important that we talk about it because that in turn can cause huge mental health problems. Yes, and I think, you know, as you said, miscarriage is, is one of those secret things, isn't it? You know, it's almost like there's a stigma to it or something. I do. Well, there's a massive stigma to it and it's not talked about. But miscarriage, you know, many moons ago, it was a DNC. It was you go into the hospital in the morning time, you get a DNC and you come home. But now, you know, we've an awful lot of women, Niall, who have been given these tablets uh, to go home and have the miscarriage at home. 
and come back into the hospital. But sometimes there are complications with that and women feel very alone. Mm. And there's not a lot of support because the hospitals are overstretched again. The professionals working in there, they don't have the time to be genuinely looking after me while I'm at home. So a lot of this, I'm on my own trying to work through this. It's an horrendous situation. Well, it's a massive loss or grief. You know, of course it is. You know, yeah. because I mean, to to us, because it's not our baby and it's not our mm-hmm. pregnancy, it may not feel the same. But to that woman, she's lost, just lost her child because it's a very much wanted child in most cases. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so she's just lost her child. And, and you know, yeah. that even though it may be only three months or, or less in some cases, you know, it can be a huge loss. Uh, mm. The other thing as well, I suppose, and I don't know what the the funding is like in relation to this at the moment in Ireland. I know there's a huge shortage uh, of, um, so to say, uh, pharmaceuticals when it comes to menopause at the moment, uh, which has been yeah. in the news quite a lot lately. Something else we don't talk about enough is menopause and perimenopause and how women deal with the mental health aspects of that too. Yeah, and I think, you know, Davina McCall in the UK, I don't know if you follow her, but she has done fantastic work. Carolyn Harris is, is in the in the government as well, mm-hmm. doing her part. Really high-profile women yeah. um, talking about menopause. So it's much more talked about in the UK. But perimenopause, early start of menopause, you know, you're, you could be 35, 36, and you're suddenly right in the middle of this. And it affects your workplace. It affects your home life. You can have intrusive thoughts and that whole sense of loss of identity for women. Who am I? I'm feeling like I'm going mad. And the problem we have in Ireland is because the GPs are overstretched, they need to be trained up in perimenopause and menopause. And unfortunately, they will admit themselves they're not because they have so much other work on but it's definitely an area that needs to be looked at. That, that look seems at it, to be something that comes up quite a lot. And any time I've spoken, you know, to people on the air, to women like yourselves who who tackle mm. this problem on a daily basis, or talk to people on, on a daily basis, is this idea that, say, a woman will go to her doctor um, with certain aspects of menopause or symptoms of menopause, but maybe not them all. And the yeah. doctor's going, ah, no, you'd be grand, you'd be grand. So in other words, what what does a woman need to do then to have somebody who specifically is trained to understand that fact that they may be in menopause or perimenopause? So they, they need, need to, to, to look for a specialist? They need to go to, we did our training about three months ago now for perimenopause and menopause counselling. And Irish Life Health in fairness now, that the first insurer in Ireland to insure women to come to us to talk about this, which is revolutionary. But the woman who did our training was Dr. Kleena Murphy in the Coombe. Now, I'm sure, yes, she is available, but she's a busy woman too, and she's only one of. Mm-hmm. Then there's a new, um, I don't know if you saw that on the RTE documentary, where there's a new uh, team of perimenopause, menopause uh, professionals working out of Hollis Street, and they're doing phenomenal work, but they're specialised in terms of if I've cancer or if I've got something else that's going on, I can be seen by them. So where do these women go to? Because, because of course, menopause, as postnatal depression is, and as many other things, it's different for every woman, isn't it? 
You know, it's not Absolutely. just, the, it's, I mean, you, you, obviously you hear about that the main symptoms would be the hot flushes and all that kind of stuff or yeah. whatever it's got. I don't know why they call them flashes, by the way. I always used to say flushes, but they say flashes. <laughs> Isn't there a difference? But but they, and every yeah. woman thinks, oh, they're the symptoms. And if I don't have them, sure, I mustn't have it. But yeah. but there are, I suppose every woman is different in the way, I suppose, they will present in relation to it. And that's the idea of a specialist to recognise that. And I, and I believe, by the way, there is a blood test you can get done too to help diagnose as well, that's more what's happened. Well, and, when you, and, and generally, when you go to the GP and you ask for this blood test, they say, sure, nothing will come up on that. But it's a separate blood test that needs to be done. But then your problem is, if you go back to the GP, even if you got that done, then they've got to work out HOT, they've got to work out all of that. But if they're not equipped to do it, well, then we need a specialised team of professionals who will see... Yeah. Uh, women on an everyday basis. Because it's a tricky balancing act trying to get those hormones in the right balance and the right place. When you look at those blood test results and you see that oestrogen is down and progesterone or testosterone or whatever that was. Mm. And it's a tricky balancing act, isn't it? Yeah. To get those in the right place to make you feel better. And I've always said to people in relation to all of these things, there's help available to Mm. make, there's no reason in 2022, if you go back, say, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, Women after the age of 60 were hunched over and they had little beards and they were they looked unwell <laughs> because we didn't have the doctors and the medicines yeah. and the technologies and the advancements that we have. There's no need for women to be like that anymore because we can fix those hormone levels. We can talk to you about that. We can make you feel better. We can you can take certain medications to make you feel better and make you give you back your life again. And I've talked to so many women on the air over the last few years in relation to say menopause or post depression or whatever it happens to be and they said, you know, they went to the doctor, they got this, they got this and it turned their life around. And, and yes, it can, so there's no need to suffer in silence is what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. And that's why I think signposting weightless, what stops all of this working is if I'm struggling and I have a mood related hormonal depression going on where I can't cope with, with my life anymore. I, I'm feeling very down. I'm feeling very low. I, can't, I, I have to come out of work because I can't manage my work then where do I go? So you're back to signposting. Yes, there is a lot more available, of course, thank God, than there was years ago because it wasn't talked about at all. Mm-hmm. But there are professionals, but there needs to be more professionals out there and women need to be signposted into these professionals and know where to go. And that's why I'm on with you today, trying to say, look, with our supports here, they are immediate, they are affordable, we are linked to the insurance company so you can get 80% back off your insurance policy and come and talk to us. We okay. have no wait list. All right, well, so, look, well, if there's any woman in that situation, you've postnatal depression, you've suffered a loss yeah. or a grief of a stillbirth or indeed a miscarriage, or indeed you feel you may be going through perimenopause or menopause, whatever it is, and you just mm-hmm. can't get the services, you can go to the website. It's nurturehealth.ie. That's okay. nurturehealth.ie. And what yes. you're saying is if you have private health insurance, it covers a lot of this as well, of course. Yes, it does. Okay, well, look, it's wonderful. Thank you very much indeed. Very informative, no Irene. I appreciate not. you coming on the air. All right, thanks very Listen's much. Indeed. great. Thank you so much. Bye. Irene Larry, owner of nurturehealth.ie.
So if you're a woman and you're struggling and maybe you just don't recognise the symptoms yourself or whatever it is you happen to be going through in your life at the moment, any part of your mental health, be it to do with postnatal depression, be, be it to do with menopause, be it to do with a loss of the grief of a stillbirth or miscarriage or whatever it happens to be that you just don't understand. It seems that the public services are cooked, to be honest with you. They just don't have enough availability and they're not putting enough money into it. Well, they are putting money into it. I don't know where it's going into bottomless bottom pit. Well, look, you can obviously go and seek professionals in other ways too and that's the point that Irene is making so indeed you can go there and you, it is covered on your public health insurer or your private health insurance as well if you do happen to have private health insurance most of it is anyway some of the messages coming in on whatsapp now same thing happened my friend uh, she was sent out a letter on how to assess her own child detailed step by step guide first wow. time mother like what, wow. do you, what do you do with that like you know what like a, like a little booklet <laughs> I mean, that's why we have public health nurses. Sure, I remember when my kids were babies, the public health nurse would call after a couple of weeks and then they'd call again about two months later and then they'd call again about six months later and then eventually, I think after a year, they signed you off. It seems it's not happening anymore. It just isn't happening anymore. No, I can't come on, but just listening there about the public health nurses and the developmental checks being stopped, I think it's absolutely disgraceful. But just on a positive note, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Blanchestown Health Clinic um, I've had two of my babies there. My youngest was COVID. She's almost two. And I've had every single check. Um, they have been absolutely amazing. Like, I couldn't ask for more. So I know some areas are awful and they shouldn't be stopping the checks. I can't believe that myself. But I just have to give them a shout out because they have been amazing. Every mm-hmm. check both my children have gotten. And I've only lived here since my eldest son is five now. So we were in a different area up until he was one and a half and he missed checks. It was awful. But now I have to say the Blanchestown Health Centre are absolutely amazing. Public health nurse. All right, Blanchestown Health Centre getting a bit of a shout out there. Well done. Obviously, whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. I just wish there was more around the country doing exactly the same thing. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Oh,